How is everyone this morning? Don't tell me you're tired because you lost an hour of sleep. Come on now. If anyone comes through the door at 11 o'clock, we know they didn't set their clock back, right? Brothers and sisters, sometimes I think the Lord hides things in His Word. He doesn't make them so easy for us. He hides things in His Word just to get us digging around a little bit. Last week, about a week and a half ago, I I came across something. I'm going to be honest, I've probably read it a hundred times and just blown right over it. And it's one of those little things that I believe the Lord has hid in there. And for some reason, this time, this particular time I read it, it just jumped out at me. And I thought, wow, that is awesome. And it caused me to dig around a little bit because I wanted to grasp what it meant. I wanted to figure it out. Now, some things in the Word are very, very simple and very easy to figure out. If you've been saved for one day, there's scriptures in there you can read that you can understand instantaneously. For example, if the Bible says, thou shalt not kill, there's a scripture that says, I'm sorry, let's do thou shalt not steal. There's one that says, thou shalt not steal. Now, I don't have to search all around. I don't have to meditate for hours. I don't have to dig all around the word to understand what that means. It means don't steal stuff. Amen? Don't take stuff that's not yours. It's very easy to understand. It's not very hard for me to digest that if I read it. We go to the New Testament. Another one that comes to my head. There's a scripture that says Jesus wept. Ever came across that one? That's not very difficult for us to understand, is it? You're all intelligent people. We're all intelligent people this morning, able to think and process information. If I read it, the Bible says Jesus wept, I know that... Lazarus had just died. The Bible says Jesus groaned in his spirit. Then it says Jesus wept. That's not very hard for me to digest or or figure out. I understand Jesus was overcome with emotion. One of his good friends, Lazarus, had just died. People were kind of nagging at him saying, if you were here, you could have done something. He's overcome with emotion. He weeps, right? There's a scripture, another one that comes to my mind. There's a scripture in Thessalonians. It says rejoice evermore. That's not very difficult for us to figure out, is it? We're saved. The Bible's telling us, hey, you're saved and on your way to heaven. No matter what happens, you will be eternally with him. Therefore, rejoice evermore. Not very hard to figure those things out, right? Now, I'm not making light of those scriptures. They're just easy to digest. They're just easy for us to figure out. I'm not making light of their significance. The word's full of them. I'm glad they're in there. But my point is this. Sometimes... You come across some scriptures that aren't so easy to figure out. Sometimes you come across a scripture that, I guess I would say, is a little more cryptic. Almost as if the Lord hid it in there to get a little more effort out of us. Amen? To get us to search around a little bit. To get us flipping pages a little bit. I believe that the word is full of hidden gems or hidden treasures or hidden nuggets, whatever you want to call it. And I believe that the Lord will reveal all those hidden things to us if you're not afraid to turn some pages, if you're not afraid to pray about it, if you're not afraid to say, Lord, what do you mean here? Lord, what do you mean? What are you telling me? If you're not afraid to turn, flip back and forth, to get out your concordance, to get out your lexicon, I believe that God is faithful and will begin to manifest things to you that the normal person will not see. The person who wants to read it like a magazine, you'll blow over it and miss treasures of the Word. 
I believe the word is full of treasures. Amen? Now, I mentioned a moment ago, I, I came across one of those treasures. And so much so that I thought I would share it with you this morning. Now, does everyone remember the altercation that the Lord Jesus Christ had with the demoniac, with the person that was possessed with the devils called legion? Remember that? Jesus comes across this person, this individual that is possessed with many devils, and those devils call themselves legion. Okay, so that's where we're going to start reading. It's actually found, we know that the Gospels are... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we know that they're the same story written by different authors. So it's actually found in multiple places in the gospel. And we have to read some from each one of them. So to begin this morning, we've got to do a little bit of reading. Because we've got to get the whole story so that we can perceive and so that we can understand what he's trying to teach us. So we can understand why he put this in here for us to learn. Now, we're going to start in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Matthew chapter 8, verse 28. And we have a little bit of reading, so bear with me. We're going to get this up on the screens. Thanks, Booth. Bible says this, verse 28. And when he was come to the other side of the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass by that way. Verse 29, And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them, and heard of swine feeding. So the devils besought him, saying, If thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine. And behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. Verse 33 says, And they that kept them fled and went their ways into the city and told everything and what was befallen to the possessed of devils. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they besought him that he would depart out of their coasts. So Jesus is traveling in this ship. He gets off this ship into this land, and immediately this, this person possessed with these multiple devils Start shouting, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of God? And Jesus ends up casting these devils out of this individual. They, they ask to go into the swine. These devils come out of this person at Jesus' word, because that's how powerful he is. He commands them out. These evil spirits go into the swine. The swine, the swine, the whole herd, runs violently down this hill and drowns in the lake or sea or a body of water, whatever it was. So that's what happened. Then all the people that kept the herd, man, they're, they're freaked out because they, they're familiar with who this, this legion person was. They know that he's some sort of crazy person, some sort of wild man that can't be contained. And they see the power of God and, and the loss they had on their swine. And the whole city comes out. They see this, and they're like, hey, you got to go, Jesus. You got to get out of here. So that's what happened. Now, before we move on, we got to go to the book of Mark now. This is also recorded in the book of Mark. we got to get the whole story. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing in Mark, but we'll take a few scriptures from Mark as well. The book of Mark is a little more descriptive about the actual demon-possessed person. So we got to get this whole background. And we'll start in Mark chapter 5, verse 3. It's talking about the demoniac now. Who had his dwelling among the tombs, 
And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because that he had often been bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And as always, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Now, that's the condition of this individual that Jesus comes across. He is in a most miserable state because of legion, because these legions of devils that are in him. He's alone in the mountains, in the tombs, crying and cutting himself every day. If any person tries to bind him or put chains on him or restrain him, these devils just go crazy and drive this man crazy and he breaks all the chains. No one can contain this man, so they just leave him alone up there in the mountains by himself. Hey, just keep that weirdo away from us. And that's the condition that these devils have this man in, a most miserable existence, crying every day and cutting himself. Now, we have to read a little bit in Luke. Let's read Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 8, verse 30. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just a little bit more, because we have to get the whole picture of what's going on. Luke chapter 8, verse 30 says, And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was an herd of swine, of many swine, feeding on the mountain. And they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them, and he suffered them. Okay, now we have kind of the whole picture of this altercation that Jesus has with this person possessed with demons, with, with legion. All right, so we got the whole, all the background. Now, I mentioned to you that I came across something that I've read a hundred times. And it never jumped out at me before. And I, I want to read it to you. And I don't know if you caught it either. And maybe you've caught it in times past. I think this is very significant and very easy for us to miss. Back in Matthew chapter 8 verse 29. When legion, when they see him coming, they, they begin to cry out, Jesus, thou son of God, what have you to do with us? And he says, listen, the devil says, art thou come hither to torment us before the time? Now, I've read that a hundred times, but I've never stopped to, to process it. What do you mean? Now, this is legion, the demons inside, manifesting themselves in this person. And they're asking Jesus, demons, legions, asking Jesus, are you here to torment us before the time? What, what's that mean? And that's what causes me to dig around and find in my word, what, what exactly, exactly does that mean? Now, let's look at some other translations of the Bible. Brothers and sisters, the Bible is full of stuff like this, hidden things that we can blow right past. Listen to what the New Living Translation says. And this is awesome. Same verse. It says, have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? Brothers and sisters, ain't that awesome? These demons, they see him coming. And they began screaming, what have you to do with us, Jesus, thou son of God? In the first place, they know who he is. They see him coming a long way off, and they even call him Son of God. They know exactly who Jesus Christ is. And guess what? He is the last person they want to see coming their way. 
They're scared to death of him. In this scripture, have you come here to torture us before God's appointed time? Brothers and sisters, that tells me there's some sort of history between Jesus, God, and these demons and these devils. They've had some sort of altercation in the past, amen? There's been some sort of clash that's happened in time past, and now there's a date set. Now there's a set on time on God's calendar on his watch where there's an appointed time that these demons and these devils are going to be eternally tormented and tortured. I'm all right with that. Are you? I'm all right with that. And I'm so glad that's in the Word. Do you see how easily we can blow past these things and never see they're there? I've read it a hundred times and I never ever thought anything about it. For some reason it jumped out at me. Lord, I love your Word. Brothers and sisters, I can only hope and pray you love His Word. These demons, Jesus is the last person they want to see. There is a day and a time coming, brothers and sisters, where God will say, devil, time's up. There is a day and time where God will say, that's enough. It's over. Your time is up. That day is coming, and these demons know it. And they're seeing Jesus coming. Legion says, have you come us to torment to us before the time? They're afraid of this day. They're afraid. They're scared. They're running scared. Now we have to realize some things about demons, about devils, about Satan. Whether you like this or not, now is their time. Amen? Now is their time. This is their heyday. It doesn't get any better for them than this time right now. They are out and in this world, and it's their time, and they are going crazy right now. Brothers and sisters, look around you. Look at the condition of our nation. Now is the devil's time. Now is his time where he is doing all that he can do. This is their time. The appointed time that Legion is so afraid of, is not here yet. It's not here yet, but it's coming soon. It's not here yet, so he's going all out. He's letting it all hang out. He's gung-ho to sow as much deceit and lies and cause as much trouble as he can to the kingdom of God because the appointed day is not here yet. But there is an appointed time. Now is the enemy's time. To accuse, to destroy, to divide, to sow discord, to plant doubt, to deceive, to kill, to lead astray, to blind. Now is his time to cause hate. Brothers and sisters, look at the division in our nation. Look how divided we are. People are bloodthirsty. Amen? They're bloodthirsty. People are without natural affection. Amen? I saw a picture the other day of a woman holding up a sign that said my abortion was fabulous and it broke my heart it was at a a protest a picture of these protests and people were hanging this sign up for women's power or whatever because there's supposedly a war on women and they're out marching and held that sign up and and it broke my heart broke my heart because these people were deceived they are deceived and they are blinded why? because the devil's going all out right now He is going all out to divide us, to separate us. 
Because if he can divide this nation, it'll fall. Now is the devil's time. I don't like to hear that. Maybe you don't either, but now is his time. It's not going to get any better for him. He knows there's an appointed day, so he's going all, he's letting it all hang out right now. There's an unnerving scripture found in the book of Job. And actually, God and Satan meet up. And I want to read to you the scripture. And this is unnerving. The Lord says unto Satan, Whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down in it. Brothers and sisters, when God says, Whence comest thou? He said, Where are you coming from? That's what he means. Where are you coming from, Satan? And Satan answers him, from going to and fro and up and down in the whole earth. Brothers and sisters, he's everywhere. His minions are all out there. He's in our neighborhoods. He's in our schools. He's lurking around our college campuses. He's lurking around the White House in our nation's capital. He's at our state's capital. He's all over the place. He's looking in your windows at night of your house. He's in your yard waiting to attack one of your kids. He's in, moving all around this earth to and fro, looking to seize an opportunity, looking for someone who's weak, looking for someone to exploit, looking for someone to blind and to divide, looking for an opportunity that he can cause some sort of mischief. He is moving to and fro, going all throughout this earth, up and down, to and fro. And he has all kinds of workers of iniquity with him to cause all these mischievous things. He's looking all around. He is. He's looking for an opportunity. He's looking for a weakness. He's looking for someone to grab. He's looking for someone to snatch. He's looking for someone who's not paying attention. He can sneak up from behind and grab hold of them. He's looking for someone he can put chains on. He's looking for someone who can put, he can put fetters on. He can bind them and get someone in bondage. He's looking for someone to lead, he's looking to lead someone astray. He's looking to get you off the straight and narrow path. He's looking to get you to deviate from the path that you know is right. This is our enemy and now is his time. Because he knows there's an appointed day where it's going to end. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking who he may devour. Brothers and sisters, the Bible says, Hey, pay attention, be sober, be vigilant, keep your guard up, because there's an enemy who walks around like a lion looking to devour someone that's not paying attention. He's looking to devour someone who's not prayed up, who hasn't studied their word. Who doesn't give any effort to their salvation. He's looking for someone to devour. So he can chew you up, eat you, and spit you out and leave you for dead. Bible says pay attention, be sober, be vigilant. Because he's moving to and fro in the whole earth. In and out of it. Lurking all around. Looking in your windows. Waiting for an opportunity to attack. A weakness. Anything that he sees. Anything that he can latch hold of. Has any of you ever seen the nature shows? You know, where the, where the pack of wild dogs chases a herd because they're looking to, to, to eat one of them, or the lions chases a pack of water buffalo. You ever seen the nature shows? They don't attack the whole herd, do they? They look for one to break off from the herd. Amen? 
They look for to try to get a, a baby one to break off from the herd, to get separated from the herd. They look for a weaker one that they can attack easily. Amen? Brothers and sisters, that's just like our enemy. He's looking to break you off from the body of Christ. He's looking to break, to separate you from God a little bit, to keep you away from God. He's looking to separate you from your word. Because when he gets you separated, then him and all them demons can attack you and beat you down and put you in bondage and put you in chains. It's just like that. That's what he wants. He looks for the weaker one. He looks for the newborns in Christ who are unskillful in the word, the Bible says. He wants to lead you astray before you get a foundation, before you get any roots into the word. He wants to lead you astray. Because if he can lead you astray, he's got you. He can send legion after you to come and get you, to mess with your thoughts, to mess with your minds. He is looking for the individual that that isolates themselves, who says, I don't need to go to church. He's looking for that individual. That's the one he's going to attack, the one that's isolated. You ever seen, go home in, in YouTube, The Battle with Kruger. Anyone ever seen that? It, it's a, it's a, a video that this group is taking an African safari, and they just happen to come across this herd of water buffalo. Anyone know what a water buffalo is? Those things are humongous. I don't know how much they weigh, a couple thousand pounds, but they are humongous, powerful animals. And a pack of lions comes up and attacks one of their babies, gets one of their babies broken off from the herd, and they're attacking, and it's this pretty gruesome scene. But the water buffaloes, they kind of regroup, and the water buffalo comes back. And like I said, those things are humongous. They have those big giant horns, and ends up one of the big bulls finally works up some courage and goes, and they're, they're starting to eat this, this baby water buffalo. One of the big bulls comes, and the whole herd comes and surrounds these lions that are attacking this one. And... He just goes with one of his horns and hooks one of them lions and slaunches it. And this lion, I mean a full-grown lion, is somersaulting through the air. And them lions don't want any more after that. They don't want no more. And they end up saving their baby, gets back into their herd. Brothers and sisters, that's what the enemy wants to do to you. He wants to separate you from the herd. He wants to separate you from God, your protection, your shepherd. He wants to get you away from him and then attack you. Because on your own, you're not going to be able to do it. Separated from God, you're not going to do it. You're not. Rarely do you see a wild dog go after a full-grown, healthy water buffalo. Rarely do you see the the lions go after a full-grown elephant. Elephant, one stomp, and they're dead. The lions are dead. They go after the weak ones. The ones that don't know their word. The ones that don't think it's very important to have the word in your heart. That's who the devil's going to go after. Brothers and sisters, the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. Don't be mistaken. That is his only plan for you. That is his plan for me. That is his plan for my family. That is his plan for you and your family. Steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you, listen, he wants you ruined, ruined. Physically, spiritually, and mentally, the enemy wants you ruined. He wants you miserable. He wants you depressed. He wants you fearful. He wants you stressed out. He wants you deceived. He wants you lonely and isolated. 
He wants you confused. He wants you filled with uncertainty, worried, anxious. That's how he wants you. He wants you just like the one possessed with legion. Alone, dwelling by themselves, cutting yourself. One of the gospels says naked, separated, dwelling in the tombs where everything around you is dead. That's how he wants you. In the most miserable state, he can get you. That's how he wants you. Miserable, alone, lost, filled with uncertainty. That's his plan. That is his plan, and he will do it by any means necessary. Why? Because his time is short. It's running out, and he's going all out to divide, to destroy, to deceive, and to blind. That's what he wants. He hates God. He hates what Jesus Christ did for us. He hates it. Enmity between God and Satan. But God has an appointed time that he has set. And God knows when that is. And God is looking at his watch. He knows exactly when he's going to pull the trigger. He knows exactly when he's going to do it. Amen? Listen. Revelations chapter 12, verse 12 says this. Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has but a short time. Brothers and sisters, he has great wrath. The Bible says, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Who's the inhabitants of the earth? Us. That's us. The Bible says, woe to you guys, because Satan is down there. He's in and among you, woe unto you, because he's full of great wrath. But the Bible says, because he knows he has but a short time. His time is almost up, and he knows it. That's why those devils start screaming right when they see Jesus. What have we to do with you? Are you here to torment us before the time? The devils say, it's not time yet. You can't do it. It's not time yet. They're worried. They're afraid, and they're running scared. And I'm all right with that fact. Brothers and sisters, if you are born again and saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, Bible-believing, God-fearing Christian, you are on the winning side. I know that it does not look good. I know that our nation's not in a good situation. We're not in a good state. I know that. I understand it. It looks pretty bad. Doesn't look like it's going to get a whole lot better. This side hates that side. That side hates this side. They can't stand this group. This group wants to kill that group. I understand all that. It doesn't look good. But we know what our word says. He has but a short time. Brothers and sisters, there's going to be a day when God says, Time's up. It's over, devil. You've played your games. The time is up. We just have to realize we are in that short time right now. It's just a sh- in light of eternity, it's just a short little time frame that this devil has, that all his imps and demons and workers of iniquity have. It's short. We just got to realize that. We got to know the final outcome, and our word tells us the final outcome. Listen, Revelations chapter 20, verse 9 says, And they went up. On the breadth of the earth, encompassed the camp of the saints about, and the beloved city. Now this is talking about all the demons and devils and Satan. 
They're encompassing the saints at the beloved city on the breadth of the earth. And listen, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Who can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for there will be a day. When God grabs Satan, when God grabs hold of him and throws him into the lake of fire. And he will be tormented day and night. Brothers and sisters, how many demons and devils has tormented you? How many demons and devils has tormented your family? And tried to ruin things and try to put you in bondage and try to cause you to slip. And try to beat you when you were down and try to kick you when you were down and pour salt in your womb. Man, this is what he does. He's a liar and a deceiver. I'm going to be there in the front row watching when God grabs hold of him and throws him into the lake of fire where it burns with brimstone forever and ever. And I'm going to be there and I'm going to be cheering too because the accuser of the brethren will be cast down. The false prophet will be there burning forever and ever with him. The devil, Satan, the dragon, they'll be in there burning forever and ever. I don't want no part of that at all, but I'm going to be watching from the winning team, which is the army of God. Amen? God has that day marked on his calendar. And it's going to be one heck of a thing to see, isn't it? Imagine. Now, there's one more story thing about this story, back to our story of, of Legion and, and Jesus and their confrontation, their, their altercation. One more thing that this sort of jumps out at me, and I've, I've always wondered about it. I've always wondered why, but I never really put much effort into it. And this is recorded in all of the stories, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Why, and this puzzles me, why is it that these devils, that legion, that these demons, why is it that they want to go into the herd of swine? Th- that strikes me as weird. They're, aren't they spirits? Can't they just float off to wherever they want to or go possess someone else? Why, why is it that they want to go into the swine, to the pigs, and then the pigs run violently down a hill and choke themselves? Why is that? Is it just one of them things? Or I, I don't know. Now, that, the Bible actually says they besought him that they could go into the herd of swine. Besought him means they implored him. It means they begged him urgently. Uh, Isn't that kind of weird? Why would they beg him urgently? Why why would they beg Jesus, let us go into these swine here? Give us permission. Uh, I'm urgently asking you, give us permission to go into the swine. Why in the world would they do that? What's What's the significance of that, if there is any? That's always struck me as odd. I believe the answer is is found in Luke chapter 8, verse 31. It says this, And they besought him, remember it means they, they beg, they implored Jesus, Hey, Jesus, please, please, please. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. Now, if you read that, you would think, well, didn't they end up in the deep anyway? They They ran down a... A slope, after they got into the herd of swine, they run down the slope and they're, they're choked into the sea or the lake or whatever body of water it is. Didn't they end up in the deep anyway? That's not what it actually means. Listen to this. In the New King James Version, that same verse says this. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss. Listen now. 
The New Living Translation says, And the demons kept begging Jesus not to send them into the bottomless pit. These demons and devils are begging Jesus to go into the swine because they're scared to death for a couple reasons. Number one, they know there's an appointed day coming. They're worried that, hey, is Jesus here early? Because it's not the appointed time yet. They're afraid because of that. And number two, they know that Jesus Christ has full power and full authority to cast them into the bottomless pit. So their only option is, hey, there's some pigs. Let us go into these pigs, Lord. Let us go into these pigs and we'll leave. And Jesus suffers them to go into the pigs. They're afraid to get thrown into the bottomless pit. Not a lake or none of that. No, 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 no. I I thought that's what it, it's not. They're scared to death to be thrown into the bottomless pit. They know that that's their final outcome and they're going to avoid it as long as possible. And that's why they're begging Jesus, let me go into these swine. Let, let me just go into these swine, Lord, because they're afraid of the abyss. Bible talks about a bottomless pit, doesn't it? Bible talks about a bottomless pit. There's nobody. You get cast into this pit and you're falling forever and ever and ever. And these devils and demons and legion is scared to death. Of the power and authority that Jesus Christ has. He has the power to cast them. And one day he will cast them into a bottomless pit. He will. Isn't that awesome how many hidden things can be found in the word? His word is so awesome. All the demons and devils in this world are scared to death of God. The God that we serve. The God that we worship and pray to and seek and search and read His Word. They are afraid of Him. Brothers and sisters, put that in your heart this morning. They're afraid of Him. Put it in your heart that their time is short. Their time is running out. They know that their time is short. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down and he has great wrath. But he knows his time is short. It's running out. That's why the demons beg to go into the swine. Because they're afraid of what Jesus can do. They're looking for an escape. They're looking to postpone their ultimate destiny. Now listen to this, brothers and sisters. In Matthew 16, Jesus asks Peter, Who do you say that I am? And, And Peter says, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And I like Jesus' response. He says, and on this rock I will build my church. Listen, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Brothers and sisters, all these demons and devils and, and, and scary beings, that they can be kind of scary. And, and we do know they watch our families. That We do know they lurk around our neighborhoods. That We do know that they're lurking, waiting to attack us. And it is a spiritual battle. We know all that stuff, but the Bible says... The gates of hell itself will not prevail. The, all the legion, all of the workers of iniquity that the devil has, they will not prevail against you. They will not prevail against you if your foundation is Jesus Christ. The very gates of hell will not prevail against it. Brothers and sisters, we got to keep fighting, don't we? We got to keep reading our word, we got to keep studying. We gotta keep praying. We gotta keep contending for the faith. The word tells us to be earnestly contend for the faith. 
Oh, we got to keep praying. We got to keep serving. We got to keep resisting. James tells us to resist the devil and he will flee from you. When he approaches you, resist him. Spiritually, resist him by prayer and word and singing worship songs. Resist the enemy. You got to fight a spiritual battle. Brothers and sisters, we got to keep contending and battling and fighting. It's only for a short time, it's only for a little while. We got to keep fighting. Now, I would like to invite the band back up. Hopefully Tom gave Rod the word. (laughs) But listen, we're going to do one more worship song. Once the band gets settled in and they can play, let's all please stand. Here's what we're going to do. Okay? We know that the enemy is defeated. Amen? We know that his time is short. Amen? So when we do this last worship song, as we do it, Keep in the back of your mind the scripture that we read. His time is short. He is defeated. He will be thrown into the lake of fire that burns forever and ever. He will be tormented and tortured. Our enemy, the accuser, the one who lies, the one who has infiltrated our family and wants to tear it apart. Know that he is defeated. Amen? He is defeated. He is a liar and the father of them. That's all he is here to do is to steal, to kill, and destroy. Father God, we love you this morning. Lord, we want to worship you one last time, Father, before we go. And Lord, I just lift up the name of Jesus Christ. God, we know that you are powerful. We know that you will grab hold of Satan. We know that you will grab hold of the dragon. We know that you will grab hold of the false prophet. And you will throw them into the lake of fire that burns forever and ever. They will be tormented forever and ever. Lord, we rest in this fact, knowing that you have power over all the demons and devils in this earth. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's worship, church. Worship. God is victorious. Amen? Thank you, Father God. Lord, you will cast the enemy down, Father God. You will bruise him with your heel, Father God. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Lord, we serve you. We believe in you. We trust you with our future. You will take care of us. Lord, we, right now, we bind the enemy. We curse the enemy. We are glad that his time is short. We eagerly await, Father God. We eagerly await on the return of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we trust you, Lord God. Thank you for your word, Lord. Manifest your word unto us. Manifest your word unto your people, Father God. Lord, I pray that this will be a church that is on fire, Lord, for you. Lord, draw people to this church, Father God. Draw more and more saints, Father God. Let us grow into an army, Lord Jesus. Father God, I just pray, Lord, that we would be movers and shakers in this community, Father God. Lord, let us go forth in the power of the Holy Spirit knowing that your word is true, that your word is righteous, Lord. God, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his work on the cross. We thank you that he defeated death. Lord, we thank you that he took the keys of hell and death, Father God. And Lord, we worship the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, be with us as we go. Bring us back for more this evening, Father God. And Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.